say I work. I'm. I work in. I work in PR and communication. Perfect. That would be. The, okay. That's it. You found that's it. The, you found your voice. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there'll, there'll be just lots of sounds. <laughs> Won't there be like a on the harmonica, like a C? Oh, yes, yes, exactly. So your tone of voice is always exactly the same. I should see a flat bar of sound. And I'll be like, why is this? It sounds like, looks like if it was a, in a hospital you died. <laughs> Just like, my name is... <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, here we go. So, hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to High Five. Uh, today, I'll let my guests introduce themselves, and then we'll begin from there. So over to you. Thanks. Hi, Phil. It's Pam, and I work in PR and communications. The first question I often ask people um, during these interviews is where adventure education started for them. And for a lot of people who work here, it often would have started at, like, an early age, and we tended to have aimed as this was our career path. I think for you, it's probably slightly different. Uh, so, where would you say was the first um, interaction with adventure education for you? Well, Phil, the like the words together, adventure education, yeah. never crossed my radar. I mm-hmm. saw them as two separate entities. Oh and yeah, it's pretty cool because when I saw the ad for this um, job and adventure education I thought wow two powerful words are stronger together than one like ecotourism or adventure education so both adventure and education mean a lot to me Mm. I've always been um, as a young person really uh, into the outdoors and sought adventure um, from I guess an early age and was determined to spend my college years up in Vermont, um, <laughs> where I just really um, sort of found some, an adventurous spirit, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the education is like, I've just always valued education. Uh, just realizing that is um, the most uh, powerful tool for growth for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I just really love the um, blending of those two World, and I can't believe I, um, you know, stumbled upon High Five because it is just a really cool um, place to see people develop their adventurous spirit in a real educational yeah. uh, setting. I think for a lot of us, like, I remember like thinking that. I think for me, when I stumbled on, I was like realizing that I could combine adventure stuff and also teach which was a really cool combination for me. So I think I, I share that feeling of like, yeah, I found something where I can combine two passions or interests into something. And I think that's what we tend to find when people come to Adventure Basics is they don't, they didn't know necessarily this exists. Yeah. It's like finding it and then realizing it and they're like, ah, this is a thing. And I was so glad I got to take the Adventure Basics. Yeah. Your sense of adventure sometimes is you get older you have a family all of a sudden you start to retract from being a little more adventurous in your life and yeah. I used to be a pretty serious rock climber for 10 years mm-hmm. and I just totally gave that up yeah um you know I had responsibilities but being able to participate in the adventure basics workshop all of a sudden I was like wow 
I can really, um, with the group of people I was with, yeah. urge them on. Or I took, uh, and I just really can rekindle, I suppose, a sense of um, what is possible yeah. and to really uh, enjoy playing and um, yeah. engaging in activities that I sort of put on the back burner. Well, sometimes like uh, we've had people who come to Adventure Base who are really young and they're just starting in their career and they, they see it, they're excited about the future. But I really actually enjoy when people are changing career paths or something. We had someone come recently that was changing their entire career path. They wanted to try something new. You know, and they came and then suddenly their eyes are opened and they, they rejuvenate themselves almost like a second coming almost yeah. of an experience. I can't remember the last time I played um, with a ball. Yeah. And, you know, we inflated these balls and it was like it just brings you back to like volleyball or just mm-hmm. fun. Everyone's smiling, laughing. And that sense of... Um, just being able to accept yourself as uh, having fun. You know, because yeah. a lot of times we don't think having fun is acceptable in the workplace. And, I mean, it just makes, you know, your day so much better, which mm-hmm. I often catch you uh, <laughs> taking a break on the bull ring. Yeah. Uh, but have yet to, be, you know, be able to mimic your success. <laughs> That's because I took too many breaks. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thousand hours as master, right? So <laughs> you got a lot of hours to put into it. Yeah, I, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to think of. I, f- I often call people who have not experienced adventure, uh, or at least the program that we do, I call them mm-hmm. muggles, like based on the Harry Potter books, because like, muggles don't know magic, haven't experienced it, yeah. and it's hidden to them. And then when they get to see it, then they realize like the magic of it, yeah. which is kind of exciting. And I think that there is certain people, when, when you get to a certain point in your life, responsibilities and other stuff kicks in. Somehow I equate uh, risk and growth like I see myself growing if I take a risk mm. and they seem like they're incompatible like you know yeah. we, we sort yeah. of uh, avoid risky things yeah. but for some reason I feel like in order for me to grow I need to take on the risk not yeah. crazy risk yeah. but so I but one thing I won't take on as you know I eat vegetarian yeah. I cannot risk going into some of these other uh, food groups yeah. but I try in the time that you've worked here what what would you say is the thing that gets you most excited about like being a high five or the interactions you have with the people that come through the door because inherently you end up being and people may recognize your voice even if they don't know about you you end up being somewhat the voice of high five over the phone and dealing with people coming in yeah I really it's hard to say there's so many components, but I think the connections I make with people, I always feel as if when you reunite with somebody, mm. you know, you have a lot of like stories or yeah. uh, things you can share with each other. But mostly, I've never seen anybody leave here <laughs> with, uh, with... I'm never coming back. Yeah. yeah. You know, the high five is always... Uh, you know a seal at the end it's um it really has a remarkable way of of transforming people's experience yeah i'm my my best training to date and it's going to always going to be hard to top was a training where someone at the end of it it was at someone's site um was just very emotional you know tears and the experience and you and you realize like as much as I would like to credit me, I know it's the experience, you know, like the reality is people don't get to do this stuff very often. And when you get to have those experiences, you create those environments, then 
that will elicit positive emotion. So it's a, it, those moments are like, ah, oh, that's a, it's cool stuff that we do. Yeah. And anyone that listens to this who does the same thing probably is it, it, like understands that feeling, and it's the reason we keep coming back. Right. You know, right. I often ask it beyond basics. Tell me your most memorable moment on a course. Yeah. And, and it's often not a, like, oh, someone was up on a swing. It's not often a big moment. It's yeah. an emotional moment someone has, a connection yeah. in some way. And you, sometimes I think we devalue that, but I think I those are important. The, when I took the AB, hopefully I'll take the VB at some point, but I'll never forget. We were playing some card game on the floor, mm. and it required everybody's sort of telepathy or connection, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. something we were doing and all of a sudden I've not felt that feeling in any other experience but I I almost felt like we were one all working yeah. in like some symbiotic um, form mm-hmm. that and we all wanted each other to succeed you know at the task yeah. it was the coolest feeling and I've not been able to reciprocate that <laughs> elsewhere but uh, I yeah. think people take away those moments yeah and uh and you know they're always going to return to those yeah from your perspective where do you it's like bigger picture stuff because we're high five is currently thinking of a 10-year plan and we're also like how do we or we'd grow and how does the field grow from your perspective where do you see the next 10 years and i wouldn't even say for high fives but through the whole industry as you start to experience and see it what do you see the potential being yeah, I think we have a real niche. Um, it's a unique field. Mm-hmm. And I think as technology and schools change yeah. and as people's relationships change uh, in different ways, they will always have a need to get back to some more, um, I don't want to, I mean, I don't think uh, simple, but I think mm-hmm. more direct contact yeah. and uh, being in small groups or large, you know, being with other people to help forge mm-hmm. relationships and how they work together in a really fun setting. Yeah. I think there'll always be a need for that and more desire as we become a little more disconnected in our daily lives. Sometimes they're bringing back to basics, I think. And that's yeah, why when we do meals, we say no phones out. And yeah. I think that people really respond well to that because we are going to have to probably respond as an organization to that, the future of what that means for us. Like Ella's generation is being listed as screen ages, Generation Z as screen ages. Yeah. They will have existed in their entire life knowing screens were a part of life. Like my daughter knows how to use a touchscreen. And that, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, but I don't know how we would. Fi- I don't think you, the answer is to fight it, but like to right. adapt. Yeah, to I the think challenge. offering options for people, you know, it's almost like something unique now. Mm-hmm. What used to be very common yeah. is now going to be unique, yeah. and I think that's a really good place to be mm-hmm. uh, because people, once they connect with that, are going to want to have more of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that feeling connection will always like spur them to do it more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the future for us. Um, so we're going to change like track a little bit now and go into some lighter questions. All right. Um, you will have heard some of them if you've listened to any of the previous ones. So you may already have scripted answers. I'm seeing you unfold your notepad. No, no, no. <laughs> You're prompted Hold answers. On. Yes, hang on. Let me quickly get my answers. Um, so first question for you. You're a new addition 
to a crayon box. What colour would you be if you were a brand new addition to the crayon box and why would you choose that colour? I would be Green Hills. Green Hills. And what, what elicits Green Hills for you? Is it because you're pulled for Vermont? I love Vermont, but I also like the notion of going up and coming down mm. and all the expanse of a green hillside. <laughs> yeah. I, were you here when we did the swatches at yes, Symposium? What were you, I loved what, what, that. What were you then? Phil, I was too busy working oh. on the project, so I couldn't you take part in it. it. You know, these are the sacrifices <laughs> we make behind the scenes. Yes, the behind the scenes. I can't interact in that. Uh, so for those listening, uh, I think it was two years ago two. we did a... Um, a paint swatching where it was, you had to assign a colour and you had to have someone you wrote the name and someone had to paint the colour that was represented the name. we have a poster in a hallway I think maybe mm-hmm. still up I think it fell, fell down but maybe it's still up but um, I think I was green then too were you? I think you I like, was what green what was your reason I for ca- um, I think for me green is like a calming I don't I think it's for everyone maybe it's like the, like the sound of water is calming or something like but because I travel, there's something to driving back into Vermont oh, across the that. border. Yes. I don't know about it. It makes my shoulders relax. Mm-hmm. I just feel... And that was out when I was in New York State and then when I was in Pennsylvania. When I would drive up here to do a workshop, I would still feel that. Yes. I think that was a, one of the selling points for me of taking this job, mm-hmm. was just realizing like I was comfortable driving through to Vermont. It just felt... There's something about a fit. I don't know. It's very an, hard I feel to explain. Too, Phil, because when I we had to move down to uh, Massachusetts, yeah, and I was so reluctant to give up my green license plate. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Vermont for you know I went to school there yeah. and I lived there for 20 years. Yeah, and once I got the job at High Five because I was previously working in Amherst, mm-hmm. and I passed the big Welcome to yeah. Vermont yeah. Green Mountains. It just has that magical yeah, yeah. release, and I just love driving to work, and I don't like driving. So no, exactly, yeah. And I, I have a good like forty minute commute, and it's easy oh. for me. It's beautiful along yes. West River, but yes. um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I couldn't really tell you the specific of why I like Vermont so much. You could do ideology or you know the the nature stuff, but there is a, a feeling that even yeah. I don't. I think that was the thing of me moving to the states when I go back home. I don't feel it, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it never at that point felt what I feel here in terms of relaxing, calming, yeah. that I'm home kind of feeling. Yeah. So that was why I picked green, I think, back then. I can't remember what the, the description was, but... Well, part but, of it, yeah. too, Vermont doesn't allow billboards. Yes, so, know. you know, even that landscape, I know you travel yeah, a lot, yeah. so I'm sure you can tell, like, when you cross over yep. into a different state, oh, yeah. automatically the road changes, the signage changes, the colors change. Yep. But when you come into Vermont, yeah, it's and so like uh, when I'm going to Maine in the summer, I know immediately when I'm in Maine, the trees are changing and a sandy soil. It just has a different feel in environmentally, yeah. but it doesn't feel homely. I don't know. Yeah, Vermont has that for me. I'm going to put you on the spot on this one because I haven't got this written down. But I think of this um, often. There's like um, we do in workshops two truths and a lie, where mm-hmm. people try to think of creative dramatic stories that they won't uh-huh. think would be a lie. Do you have something that's in your brain that's like a story that encapsulates it for you and a really interesting story? Yes, I think my more recent episode... Yeah. Oh, Pam's um, episodes. <laughs> the story of Pam. The 
yeah. you know, getting um, rejected at the airport when I went to go visit my oh, son two Christmases wow. ago. Yeah. Um, because my passport did not have enough time left on it. <laughs> Meaning it expired? It, well, no, it hadn't, oh, Phil. Oh. You have to have six have to extra have months oh. on your passport. Madness. It's, you yeah. know. What a crazy rule that is. These days. Who knew? You know, I'm still Just old in case, school. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a interaction and um, another person unfortunately couldn't get on that flight either because her dog ate the passport and um, the barcode wasn't readable. What so, a crazy excuse. You get this I, at know, school I know, I know. We hear this all the time. <laughs> but they really she ate the passport. She was devastated. Wow. And so ultimately it was Christmas yeah. and the rest of my family left mm-hmm. and I had to figure out a way to get over to Austria. <laughs> and I had to sit out in a line yeah. in uh, freezing cold weather to get a fast track passport after Christmas. It was a it was a complete, you know, test of will to, you know, yeah. want to get over there. Yeah. But when I I when I met this lady in line who got you know, whose passport yeah. was chewed up, I I discovered we were on the same flight. Yeah. And then after further discussion, she got a free ticket, whereas my ticket, they told me, was going to have to be $3,000. And I was, no, I was $3,000 to rebook. I'm not going to name the carrier. No, please. So then we got into further discussions about how she was able to get this company to honor her trip, whereas I had to buy a brand new ticket on some other airline taking me through, you know, mm-hmm. many layovers. And she said she cried and Ugh, put yeah. on, you know, it was very yeah. devastating. And they they did give her um, passage. So I, of course, <laughs> go up yeah. to the, you know, I wrote this wonderfully crafted letter, as you know, Phil. Yes, I love exactly. to write. Yeah. Um, got all my feelings out. Yeah. Uh, and asked this company to review their policies, mm-hmm. and um, and then I never sent it. <laughs> because you know, Phil, no, I don't like to ruffle no, anybody's any feathers. feathers. You like to preen the feathers, if exactly. anything. Exactly. <laughs> I really struggle yeah. with those conflicts. Is that something? And that- so that is where I wonder yeah. where, like, what we do here. Does that? play into leadership like yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know I think there's a yeah it's 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 a hard thing like practice what you preach but I don't know I've I I I think that what that woman did wasn't right and I'm, and I'm thinking you're probably thinking the same like I, I don't like where you know I like to try to be calm in those situations if it's stressful like I I will internally be stressed but I'm not great at outwardly expressing it to strangers. Right. Like, I can be mad, but then when I see others yelling at people to um, stand up, it makes me cringe, and I never could do that. So I don't know what the line is. I really do struggle with that. I don't know. I think we've come on to something, I think I need Phil. to be laying on a couch, <laughs> and this whole flips to you just... And then I have, I'm crying. You're like, you're right, I am. This does need to change. <laughs> Do ten sun salutations. Yes, and exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll meditate. Some 
rhythmic breathing, you know. Well, so that actually, that actually sort of would lead into something. I knew that you have a passion for yoga. Is that something for you that helps with this stuff? Do you yourself find there's a calming of the mind through the stuff that you do? Have you ever breached into meditations? I don't know. Well, I am not, I haven't been able to start a meditation practice, but I definitely know a daily yoga practice for me. When I come in, like I usually do it in the morning. I used to teach Shashtanga yoga, which was a more vigorous practice, but now I've had to (laughs) scale back. You begin to use your brain not your brawn Mm. as you move into your yoga practice Mm -hmm. at least that's what i've discovered yeah and so i definitely have way more clarity of thought if i do my yoga practice Mm. and then come into the office and have to write you know social media posts newsletter whatever i've got to throw this one in as the staple one that's in every single episode it's got to the point where I have to now do it regardless. <laughs> what is uh, it? But so this is the one, uh, it's a would you rather. And would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? Well, I'm glad our conversation was about yoga because yeah. I have thought about this. Yeah. And the first time you mentioned this in yeah. your first podcast, yeah. I said... I cannot fight either. Yeah. I really practice, although not always, what I call <laughs> ahimsa, which is a Sanskrit word for do no harm. Wow, now, nice. Phil, yeah. I did kill seven ants last week in oh, the hallway. How, how, have you, how are you still here? <laughs> I don't know. How are you still here? <laughs> That's the this? thing. You're not yeah, perfect. I know. But I just don't believe in violence yeah. in that way. Perfect. That's a great answer, and that fits perfectly. Um, and I'm going to end on this one, uh, which is, what is a job you would like me to have? The British Baking Show. Oh, you yes. would be an amazing MC alongside yeah. one of yeah. the others. I think it would help um, cultivate some cooking skills for I, you. Which I would love. <laughs> I know. I'm, I think you would be amazing. The wit, you could explore... You know, asking these great questions mm-hmm. and having fun with that, and boy. And we 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 know that we share a kindred love of the Great British Bake Off. Yes. So anything involving that, you know, every time I watch it, I always think like, I think I could do, I could bake I, some of that stuff. Yeah, I think you would learn like as you went around. Uh, like the current person, I don't think has an interest in. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. No. No. Me, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you, I think, would. Be just like him, but take it further. Well, I would just want to want them to teach me. I yes. would want Holiday to f- teach me how to do that stuff. Yeah. I think baking is a, is a is I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a cooking that I could I feel like I can get behind more because it is. I used to as a kid do witches brews where it was yeah. like as a just you're pitting grass oh, and mud in, and there's yes. like a, there's a scientific like chemistry piece to that. Yes, it seems like every time I watch that show, there is an art to it in the design. But the actual forming of the thing feels scientific. It feels well, like... Baking is way more scientific than cooking. Yeah. You have to have the right mix of exactly. ingredients. And there's a lot of chemical There's an understanding reaction. of how things react to yes. certain things. And so I think yeah, you would be good. That, that always excites me. Yeah. think of, you know, going anywhere. Okay, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. Maybe we could do a uh, high-five baking bake-off. <laughs> we have... <laughs> just do a high five and bake off. It would have to be a video, it can't be audio, it'd be an odd one. Yeah, he's making a good cake right now. 
But then we would sell the pieces at the symposium. What are we thinking of right now? We've yeah, come on to the new piece. Hi-Fi food. This is a whole different market. That's you know, right. Taylor has always thought we could have a brewery, but he enjoys the, the beers. Right. But this right. is a different... I mean, we could baking. do some kind of um, bar, yeah, you know, that... Yeah. That we could bring up to the yes, exactly. Some sort of like, yeah, lovely, energy delicious treat, an energy bar that we mm. create and we market. We're on to something here. We've made right, our millions Phil. already. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Pam. I've really enjoyed it. So have I, Phil. Okay. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say uh, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting it. I think I the guy. <laughs> thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot. And next time on the road to high five. <laughs> what did you look in a book? Like, what is the most random questions I can come up with? That you to have that is not too far from the truth. I did a Google search. <laughs> Google <it. laughs>